Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. He is risen indeed. It is so great to be with you. Can you guys grab a seat? Thank you. Thank you to the choir and to the band. It is so much fun to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Amen? Amen. I love it. I love it. Today, today we get to... How about now? All right. Do I have to repeat all the happy Easter stuff? Well, for all of every, for everybody on the online campus, happy Easter! He is risen. Give it a, you got it. There you go. Now the online campus gets to join in the celebration. So much fun celebrating Easter. We get to just stoop down and peek into the tomb where Jesus' body was buried, and we get to see exactly what the angel knows. We get to see exactly what the, what the women saw, what Peter and John saw. He's not there. Amen. He's not there. Jesus isn't there. He's alive again, and we worship the risen Savior. And that's what we get to do today. Um, as, we, as we kind of move into this, uh, this season I view, I view Holy Week, in a sense, as like one big, long service that starts on Palm Sunday and then takes a little break to ramp up to Maundy Thursday when we receive communion and celebrate that, that the Lord is giving himself to us. And then, and then up, to, up to Good Friday, you can't celebrate, you, you cannot celebrate Easter without Good Friday. Because on Good Friday... We celebrated, albeit somberly, the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, without his death for us, there is no hope. Without his death for us, there's no forgiveness. Without his death for us, honestly, there's no Easter because there's no resurrection. And so, as we celebrated Good Friday here, as we remembered what the Lord did for us, as he took all of our sins, all of the sins of all of humanity upon himself as he stretched his arms wide open and died for us. We said, thank you. All those sins, all your sins, all my sins, all everybody's sins were completely forgiven at that moment as Jesus died on the cross. As he said, it is finished. All the sins completely forgiven. It's us who has a problem with sin because we're a bunch of selfish little sinners. We are. We have this tendency to like carry them around with us like in our back pocket. 
Sometimes it feels like we're carrying them on our shoulder, like a rucksack. We carry, we carry the sins of the past, the ones that just kind of revolve through our memory. We carry the sins that we think, oh, nobody could forgive this. We carry the sins that we're ashamed of, that we don't want anybody to know about. We carry those around. Because they're certainly not going to just confess those out in the open. And sin after sin, it just becomes this great big burden. And so on Good Friday, we, we nailed those sins to the cross. And we left them there. They were already forgiven. We just left them there. If you have your Bibles with you, you can join me. In Matthew 27, verse 57, reading in Jesus' name because it's his word, not mine. When it was evening, there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there just sitting opposite of the tomb. Not everybody was anti-Jesus. That even, even amongst the Jewish rulers, as they, as they you know, put on some mock trial and they brought in lying witnesses to, to try to prove that Jesus deserved to be killed, even among that council, there were some who didn't think that Jesus should be murdered. Joseph of Arimathea was one of those people. He was there. He was there at the council. He was there. He was there when they brought Jesus before Pilate. He was there when Pilate said, look, there's no guilt in him. Why are we doing this? And I wonder if Joseph was there the, up on Skull Hill as, as our Lord and Savior Jesus was crucified. As Jesus said over and over again, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. The women were there. The women were there when um, they'd been following him all the way from Galilee. The women were there. The women were there when he, was, when he was being crucified. They were just standing a little ways off in the midst of this crowd that came to watch the spectacle. The women saw his suffering. The women saw and heard. They heard Jesus say, It is finished. They heard Jesus cry out, into your hands I commit my spirit. And they saw Jesus Christ die on that cross. They saw the soldier thrust a spear into his side and blood and water flowed. They heard the centurion cry out, Surely this man is the Son of God. Certainly he was innocent. 
And Joseph of Arimathea took his body down, wrapped it in a brand new clean linen shroud, and carried him to his own new tomb, laid that body in there, and the women followed him the whole way. They knew exactly where it was because they watched him lay the body of Jesus right in that tomb and, and seal it up with this great big stone. They knew exactly where it was. They knew exactly where Jesus' body was. And then on the Sabbath, they rested and mourned. Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. Again, reading in Jesus' name, not mine, because it's his word. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that's Sunday. There's a reason why we worship on Sunday. This is the reason. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, there was a, there was a few other women who were with them too. They went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Done. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen. Just as he said, now come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Here is the reading of God's word. These women know exactly where to go because they saw, they saw with their own eyes the body of Jesus laid in that tomb. They saw the stone rolled in place. I'm not exactly sure what the plan was on that Sunday morning, though, because they saw how big that stone was. And so I'm not entirely sure like what their plan was for, for rolling the stone back uphill. Usually it's in an uphill channel to keep the pressure down. I don't know. Maybe it was like teamwork makes the dream work. And like, you know, Mary and Mary and Joanna and, you know, some of the other ladies who were there were going to just kind of like muscle that, that stone out of the way. I, I don't know. Turns out, didn't need a plan. Didn't need help. Because an angel comes and was like, bam! Earthquake. Looks like lightning. Shining with all of God's glory. Rolls the stone away himself and then sits on it like... <laughs> he didn't need any help. 
And then he tells them, I, I, I think about how this angel came in. The first time he comes in to see Mary, the, you know, the mother of Jesus, I, he comes in all gentle. You know, he's like, greetings, oh favored one. You know, oh, don't be afraid. It's okay. Relax. With a nice gentle greeting that says, I got good news. When he comes to announce the resurrection of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, there's no gentleness. It's like, bam, he hits the ground so hard. He's coming in so hard that there's an earthquake. That's coming in hard. This angel's excited. He can't wait to tell them what he already knows. Jesus isn't here. Look, I'm rolling the stone away, not to let Jesus out. He rolls the stone away just so that those women can see, just so that Peter and John can see, just so that even the soldiers who fainted could see. Battle-hardened soldiers fainted at the sight of an angel, and the angel tells the women, don't be afraid. Really? They look pretty afraid. But the women have nothing to be afraid of. Because the angel's message is for them. You have nothing to be afraid of. Because the angel's message is for you too. Check it out. What's he say? Don't be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He knows. He knows. He knows exactly who they're looking for. Only problem is, he's not there. And then he says, hey, go tell, go tell the disciples. And then there's this glimmer of hope. Meet him in Galilee. You'll see him there. You'll see him. And then they just take off running. They're going back to the disciples, and they've got these feelings going inside of them. You know those kinds of feelings? You know when you've got like some fear because you just met a heavenly being? Okay, granted, we don't know that feeling. They had some fear going on. They've also got like this great joy happening. Could it be that Jesus really is the Son of God? That he really is the Savior? That he really is alive? I mean, an angel told us that seems like really good news. And as they're on their way, a worship service breaks out. Yes, the first Easter worship service happened right there in a graveyard as Jesus just appears while their women are running. He just appears in their way and they fall at his feet and they grab onto him and they worship. So if you want to know why we worship on Easter, they started it. They did. Those women, they started it. That when they see Jesus, they can't help but worship him. And then he echoes the same message. He echoes the same message that the angels said. He just starts by saying, greetings. 
Now, that sounds a little formal in English. It's really not intended to be. The original word is just a very, a very normal, you know, a, a very normal social greeting. And so it would be a whole lot closer to like you running into me at the store and I say, hey. They run into the risen Jesus and he's like, hey. <laughs> First, you got an angel sitting on the stone like, and next you have Jesus like, hey, <laughs> it all seems really ordinary, like this was the plan all along, because it was the plan all along. Wow. And he tells them, hey, don't be afraid. But he makes a little change to what the angel said. The angel said, go and tell the disciples. And Jesus says, Go and tell my brothers. Oh. You see, the relationship that everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ has with Jesus is we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And when Jesus sees these women and says, hey, and says, hey, go tell my brothers, that's a sneak peek into our relationship with him. Wow. The risen son of God calls us brothers and sisters and he greets us like friends. Hey. I think about I think about my brother. We didn't always greet each other that way. No, you know, my, my brother is pretty close in age to me. And, um, and when my brother, my bro Jeff, if you're, worship, if you're worshiping with us today, I know you do sometimes. Hey, I love you. I love my brother. He and I are super tight, super close. I don't remember the last time we got into an argument. It was not like that when we were teenagers. I, it seemed like we could argue over anything, even stuff that is completely meaningless just find ourselves arguing. Not every argument ended in violence. <laughs> Most did. Uh, my poor parents. When we were moving out of that house in New York, there was like holes in doors and walls and everything just from my brother and I. It was awful. I remember this one day. We were standing in the kitchen and, um, and arguing and fighting over who knows what. I have no idea. It was completely meaningless, I'm sure. And we're yelling and we're arguing and the phone won't stop ringing. There was a phone like this except yellow and it was hanging on the wall. You know, and the phone was ringing and we're arguing and the phone's ringing and we're arguing and we're yelling because we're trying to yell over the phone and the phone won't stop ringing. So I pick up the phone and I say, nobody's home. <laughs> and you know, I don't think anybody believed me. You know, when you answer the phone and you say, he's not here, when you answer the phone and you say, nobody's home, it kind of gives it away a little bit. The advantage was the phone stopped ringing. <laughs> it was good. And then my brother hit me in the head with a frying pan and I put his head through the window. 
And then we knew we were in really big trouble. <laughs> the frying pan was one thing, but you put your brother's head through the window of the door and all of a sudden, mom and dad were not going to be happy. We did, however, patch that window with pizza boxes and we had the forethought to put the phone numbers inside so you could just pick up the phone and call for pizza because the number was right there on the window. Brothers, don't do this. It's not a good idea. Just because I'm telling you about it doesn't mean it's a good idea. It was absolutely awful. The women... They end up telling the story. They go back and they run and tell, tell the guys all about it. And you know what? They believed it just about as much as the person on the other li- end of that line said when I said, I'm not here. When they told the disciples, they said, he's not here. And they're like, yeah, right. No, we saw an angel also, yeah, right. And he said that he's not here, that he's alive. And the disciples were like, I don't think so. You sound crazy. You see, because resurrection wasn't a, a thing. It just wasn't a thing. Like being raised to new life wasn't a thing. Jesus was first. You see, Jesus' resurrection wasn't like Lazarus' resurrection where he kind of like came back to life but in his old body and he, Lazarus still died. He's not just like wandering around in Israel still to this day. That would be awkward for everybody, including Lazarus. No, Jesus rose to new life with a resurrected body that got to do some really cool things, like just appear places and like transport himself out of like sealed tombs because he could. The guys didn't believe them, just kind of like the phone call. But Peter thought maybe, maybe, and Peter ran to the tomb just to check and see, and John thought, could it be, and John outran Peter, and they looked into that empty tomb, he's not there, he's not there. We get to look into that empty tomb. That's what we do every Easter. We look into that empty tomb and we see Jesus isn't there and that's our hope. That's your hope and my hope. Because with that hope, God loves us so much. God loves us so much. He loves us so much that he won't leave us on Good Friday, day after day, nailing sins to a cross that we can't take care of. He loves us too much to even carry the burden of those sins that are already forgiven by his sacrifice. He loves us too much to leave us struggling with sin and death. Yes, struggling with those sins, those sins that you commit that you don't want to tell anybody about, the sins that you just keep doing over and over and over again, and you promise yourself and you promise God that you'll never do it again, that sin. The sins of the past that you carry around, the sins of the future. I mean, to be honest with you, my brother and I never made it through an Easter without sinning. 
And I'm fairly certain that you don't either. And so the good news, the good news is that you're going to see him too. You see, he not only calls us brothers and sisters, but he also gives us the hope that one day we will see Jesus and that we'll be raised to new life just like him with a new body and we get to worship him face to face just like Mary and Mary. And he gives us this hope that we're not going to struggle with our sins forever that we're not going to struggle with, the, with death and its consequences forever. He gives us hope that we will see Jesus and we will be completely washed clean from every single sin, wrapped up in the robes of Jesus, his robes of his righteousness, and we'll worship him in eternity. And that's the promise for everyone who believes That not only are you forgiven, but you have the hope of eternity when you'll see Jesus. You'll see Jesus. And the reason why you'll see him is because he's not here. But he is saving a place for us. He's saving a place for us. And that's the hope that we need. He loves us too much to let us struggle like this forever. He gives us the hope of the resurrection, the hope of eternity forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we are so blown away. We confess to you, Lord, that we, that we sin against you We've sinned against you. We've sinned against each other. We've sinned against ourselves. And we need what only you can give us. Forgiveness and the hope of eternity. And so, Lord God, from today as we celebrate the resurrection of your son to later on today when we're maybe struggling with two boys in the house yelling at each other. Remind us that you're not here. Remind us that we're forgiven. Remind us that you call us brother and sister. Remind us that we will see you again and we can't wait. But between now and then, Lord, you, you give us the opportunity to be just like those women to run and tell people that you are alive, that you are risen. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.